Welcome to the call Bible study with pastor and men's expert, Kenny Luck. You know, many times a man doesn't know what he is capable of until someone pushes him. A coach, a mentor, or a friend says, you could do even more, or you could beat that number. Or more personally, I know that's not your very best, and you know it as well. Now, most men sell themselves short, or worse, they play it safe because they've fallen into a mindset and routine where nobody challenges them or pulls more out of them. You know, and the sad irony is that the gain in performance was always there. It was simply left unrecognized and untapped. And that's the main theme of this series for men called Maximum Faith. You know, God sees more underneath your current faith expression and he is calling it out. And more importantly, there are people connected to your life waiting for you to live it out. Now prepare yourself to be challenged in the best way today from God's word. Now, if you're watching this live, please share it right now and let us know that you're with us. Now, let's join Pastor Kenny Luck live from Crossline Church in Laguna Hills, California for the first installment of Maximum Faith. Good morning, men. If you have a Bible, you're going to want to keep two spots, one in Hebrews chapter 11 and the other spot in Philippians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay because we have the verses for you on the scriptures. We're starting a new series, but before I get to that, uh, I want to ask you a question, and, and that is, uh, do you agree that a man doesn't know what he's capable of until circumstances or a challenge calls out his potential? Would you agree with that? I mean, it, it, sometimes we don't know what we're capable of, uh, whether it's in uh, athletic performance or business performance or maybe even faith until circumstances or a challenge calls out what's inside that you didn't even know was there. I, uh, I go to this gym. At that gym, there's uh, running and there's rowing and there's weights. And um, my coach knows that um, I need to be called out or else I'll just coast all right, so what she does is she says, well, we have six men in a row today. The record so far is 2340. And, and she doesn't have to say anything else because there's like a switch that goes on inside. It's like, okay, six minutes, 2340. I got to be 2341. And, and that's what happens. And sure enough, 2516, man, six minutes. But you get my point? Where if you're not challenged, if there's something not thrown out there, you will, just, you will just coast. She says nothing, I coast. She says something, I conquer. All right? Well, I'm here to tell you that in this new series called Maximum Faith, okay, God's going to say something to you, and he's going to challenge you, and he's going to call you out, because let me tell you something that God knows that maybe you don't think he knows, and it's this, there's more there's more in you that you don't even know exists, but he's going to push you and he's going to challenge you to pull out that extra more. So like I said at the beginning today, if you, wanna, if you have a Bible, you'll want to turn to Hebrews 11. If you're in the room, look at the top of your outline. I want us to read Hebrews 11:6 6 together. Ready? And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And circle that last phrase, earnestly seek him. 
You see, that's the difference between coasting and conquering, right? When God, when God says, you know what? I know there's more in you. There's who you are now, but you cannot become the man I'm calling you to be from a faith perspective by remaining who you are from your faith perspective. Does that make sense? You can't become the man that you need to be by remaining who you are. You know, I'm a UCLA alum back when UCLA played good football. All right, back in, back in, back in 95, the coach was Bob Toledo. And it was, yeah, Bob Toledo, Cade McNown, Danny Farmer, you know, all those guys. And uh, that was a good year. Started off the year 19-0. Not bad. Number one in, in the national polls. Never see that again, hopefully. Come on, Chip. Um, but, but what happened in the, in the pre, preseason practice, uh, Coach Toledo was taking the team through some serious two-a-days. And if you ever played football, you know what that is. It's, it's morning, and then you get a little break, and then afternoon, and, and it's all designed to get you playing and, and performing when you're uncomfortable. And so uh, one of the defensive backs, not to knock defensive backs, but one of the defensive backs says, Coach, why are we doing this? And then the Coach blows the whistle, pulls the whole team in, and says... Our, our favorite defensive back on the team wants to know why we are doing all this work. And then he looks at the whole team and he says, I make you do the things you don't want to do so we can be where we want to be at the end of the season. And, and that's really kind of how God, when he looks at us, he knows that, that we're, we're in challenging, some of us are in very challenging circumstances right now. And you're just like, how much more? How much longer? You know? But God has this vision for you, all right, uh, to get you where he sees you being. Maybe you're not where you see you are, but he sees where he needs to take you. And that's what Hebrews 11.6 is all about. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, keywords. right? I don't know about you, but I'm incentive-driven rewards those who earnestly seek him. So you're in one of three buckets this morning, all right? You, you might be in the minimum faith category where it, it, it's sort of like, all right, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus, but you know what? I'm not pushing myself at all. Or maybe you're in a maintenance faith kind of situation where it's just like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I go to church. I go to men's group on Thursday morning. I, you know, and you're just kind of safe and it, you've got this nice, uh, existence, and you feel you're, you're cool, you're good, and then there's this other place, all right? That's maximum faith, and that's where, like, you're, you're like, man, I'm really stretching on this one. I'm really stretching myself in this area for God. I'm really stretching in my relationships. I'm stretching in my discipleship. I'm stretching in my worship. I'm stretching. I'm pushing the envelope, right? And that's where, you know, we all kind of have been in these other places, but I'm just telling you that this morning God is saying something. And he knows there's more in you there. So what's our faith goal for this series? Write this down. It's my fullest expression of faith. Write that down. We need God's calling out your fullest expression. Not your sort of expression. Not your kind of expression. Not your half expression. Not your safe expression. Not your comfortable expression. Not your routine expression. He wants your fullest expression of faith. And anytime a coach or a father sees a son or an athlete going for the fullest expression, that's what pleases the coach or the father. And so let's listen to the mind of a man 
to whom God has said, very clearly, there's more I'm not seeing. And that's the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter three. We're gonna read a few verses and then just come down. We're in one passage now. We're gonna look at Philippians three. We're gonna look at the mind of this man, Paul. Look what he says. He says, but whatever, everybody say whatever, whatever. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. Let's finish it together. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of, on the basis of faith. So if, you're, if you want to take the, 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 myst, the mystical aspect out of what Paul just said, when, when you think faith, think risk, okay? When you think faith, think, oh man, what am I risking? Because that, that righteousness that comes from God comes from risking trusting God in certain areas of your life where you're, you're going, okay, this is my normal, but man, am I, am I trusting God with this? Am I, am I gonna jump off? Am I, gonna, am I gonna go farther? Am I gonna stretch? Am I gonna push the limit of my faith in God? And Paul gets that. You see, life in Christ, when you're in Christ, and it doesn't matter whether you're a newborn in Christ or you just gave your life to Christ this week or you've known Christ for 40, 50 years. It doesn't matter whether you're 16 years old or 96. Life in Christ involves things that happen every day. Write this down. Life in Christ involves new purposes, right? I don't know about you, but you know, my first season of life in Christ is different than my next season of life, which is different from my next season of life, which is different from my next season of life. And God has today, no matter how long you've been in Christ, he has new purposes. Right for you. Secondly, life in Christ involves new focus. New focus. Again, life changes. You're in seasons of life, right? And there's new focuses that God gives you. When I was first a, a Christian, my focus was, you know, don't smoke, don't chew, and don't go that girls would do. You know, just you know, it was kind of like the behavior focus, right? Just like this is the way I used to act in the world when I was chasing the ripoff version of what a man is. And then, and then Jesus says, you know what? I got a new focus for you. And it's this, and it's people, and it's me, and it's my word, and it's going to church, and it's, and it's, it's learning how to love people better, and, and how, to, how to be like me, which is holy, all right? And so, uh, and then the next season, you know, then I, then I get married, and that's a whole new season, a new focus. I'm going to teach you how to be a dad. I'm going to teach you how to say no to yourself and yes to your wife. I'm going to teach you how to make this whole thing called a family work, you know? And then my kids get older and they become teenagers and my, my focus is, is on, on trying to stay sane. You know, that whole, that whole season, you know, and, and trying to, to, to do those things. But you get my, get my point. Life in Christ involves new purpose, new focus, and then uh, new trust in God, right? It's a, it's a process, you know? And so there's new expressions of purpose, focus, and trust daily, Okay, today, today's not yesterday. Tomorrow's not today. God has a new purpose for you today, right? Just get that. He has a new focus for you today because every day we wake up and we say, this is the day. 
right, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was driving down the toll road, the 241, to Crossline Community Church in Laguna Hills, and I was saying, this is your day that you have made. Help me rejoice and be glad in it. It's a unit, okay? And we wake up and we go, God, what is your purpose? Where, where do you want my mind? Where's my head? What's in front of me? How do I trust you new today, all right? Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passes away, the new has come. So it's like Etch-a-Sketch, right? Remember the first iPad? Etch-a-Sketch, you turn it over, it goes and then you turn it over. Every day is an Etch-a-Sketch. It's like, I don't care what, you, what, what happened yesterday. Boom, boom, today's a new day. I wanna, I wanna, you're on a new canvas for today, all right? So every day is a faith day. Let's say that together. Every day is a faith day. I had a, a PE coach in junior high. His name was Bob Hunter. And in junior high, there were two classes that you always, that boys got a chance to take electively, all right? You could take Spanish one, or you could take, you know, French, or you could take some other elective. But if you were a, you know, if you were a little man, you took shop and boys sports. This was on top of your regular physical education class. You took boys sports because Bob Hunter, all right, a 1964 uh, medalist in the Olympics, track Olympics, uh, former Marine, and one of my, my favorite mentors growing up, he taught boys sports. And you know what he would say every time you went to boys sports? He would say, good morning, gentlemen. Today is a blood day. And that meant, oh man, take an area, now, go. And we'd have to run like a mile around the campus. You know, and, and you just, boy, but you took it. But man, you know that Miller Junior High won 104 consecutive dual wrestling matches. Miller Junior High conquered in sports. And you know where all the athletes came out of? Bob Hunter's boys sports class. But he would say, Today, gentlemen, is a blood day. And he would make us do all of this, this partner work and, you know, uh, crab walk down to the fence and back, go! You know, and, and then you have to pick up your partner saying you've got to go down to the fence and back and you've got to come back. And, but, but God, God not, you know, I mean, Bob Hunter knew that, that there was more inside of us as young men that we would give ourselves a pass that if we could cruise, we'll cruise. He lets us cruise, we cruise. Well, in this passage with Paul, it's like his mindset, you know, God has just said, Paul, every day is a faith day. And Paul gets it, and he says, I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. So how do we push the limits? What is God saying? And that's where we just go on in the conversation, and you see Paul pushing the limits. He says this, Philippians 3, 10 through 14, he says, I want to know Christ. You might want to circle that. Yes, and here we go to know the power of the resurrection and participation in his what? Sufferings. Becoming like him in his what? Death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all that or this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Let's finish it together. 
But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Don't you feel it when you read that passage? You see a guy goes, I want to know Christ. And then he says, yes. And then he just goes, boom, boom. This is what I want to know. Boom. This is how I want to be. Boom. I have not arrived yet. Boom. I'm in the process. Boom. So let's look at how the man of God pushes the limits. Okay. And the first part of that is saying yes to power. If you want to push the limits, if you want to see what's inside, God is going to call your inside faith out. And to do that, you got to go, yes. I got to access the power. I have to say yes to power. The word for power is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite, right? Yes to the power of the resurrection, the actual power. You know that power that invaded the tomb and made a man who was wrapped in stuff rise from the dead supernaturally, made a man appear to the apostles and to many witnesses and to over 500 people over a 40-day span, a man who's, who, who rose in such power that men who fled, right, earlier, now having seen the resurrected Christ, 11 out of 12 of them die a martyr's death because they've seen the resurrected, they've seen the living Lord. And so Paul, as he's saying, all right, I'm gonna push the limit of my faith. God knows that there's more inside of me that needs to come out. He says, all right, I'm in. I wanna know Christ. That's the first step. Is to, is to be in Christ, but then once you know Christ, you gotta say yes to power, the power of Jesus. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what, what demon you're fighting. I don't know what relational conflict is there. I don't know what challenge is in front of you, but I'm just telling you, there's more power behind you than challenge in front of you, amen? And I don't care. I know that, I know that, that there's a lot of guys that are listening to my voice right now. You're getting squeezed, man. You feel like you're getting squeezed, just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what the next step is. But I'm just telling you, there's bigger power in back of you and with you and in you than challenge in front of you. Amen? And we have to call that out. So trust the Lord, all right? Trust the Lord. So Paul wants to know that power on a daily basis. That's what God's calling us to, all right? Every day is a faith day, all right? Next, you have to say yes to suffering. Yes to suffering. No pain, no gain. That's right, all right? There's no, there's no loss without risk, right? right? No risk without faith. And a lot of times when we risk, we're saying no to one thing and we're saying yes to another thing. Right? That's what faith is. We're just saying no to feelings, no to the world, right? No to temptation, to say yes, to God and to his word and to his ways and to becoming like Christ. So you have to say yes to suffering. Why do I need power? I need power to do things I don't want to do to become the man that God's calling me to be. Follow that? I need power to do the things I don't want to do today to be the man God's calling me to be. All right? I love Jesus when he says, uh, to the people who, his disciples, when he's, looking, when he's looking forward to the cross, he's anticipating doing something he doesn't feel like doing in order to be the man that God's calling him to be on earth. And he says, I lay down my life on my own authority. No one takes it from me. What a statement. What he's saying is, because I know who I am in God, I have authority to suffer. 
for a higher purpose, right? And that required power, right? So when Jesus began his public ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to, and then he, and he, and he, he outlines a list of things that he's gonna do that broken men don't do. He's gonna break the rules when compassion requires it. He's gonna do what God's word calls for in a moment. He's gonna do things that go against the grain, right? So if we want to uh, experience maximum faith, we gotta have maximum power. Why do we need maximum power? Because we're gonna have to suffer for the things that we deem important as a follower of Jesus. And every day, God's gonna call you to say no to yourself, to say yes to God in some way. You're going to have to do that. That's maximum faith, all right? Number three, we have to say yes to faith over feelings. I love what Paul says. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know his power of the resurrection. I want to participate in his sufferings. What, what, what's going on as he does that? Then it says, becoming like him in his what? Death. Look at the passage. I want to know Christ. What does that involve? It means knowing power. Why do I need power? I need power to do things I don't want to do, to be the man God's called me to be. And in the process of making those choices, it's just becoming like him in his death. Well, what did Jesus do in the process of dying? Well, read Matthew 26, and you'll see a man who doesn't feel like doing God's will. It's the only place in scripture where you see Jesus run into God's will and not want to do it because he knows what it's going to involve. What's it going to involve? Suffering, right? And so then Jesus makes a decision. He goes, I'm going to talk to the Father. He says, Father, if there's any way to take this cup from me, right? Which, is, which means if you've got a plan B, I'm open to it right now. Some of you are, are praying that right now to God. You're like, do I have to go through this? Do I have to endure this? Do I have to stay in the race? Do I got to finish this lap? Can't we get at it another way? But Jesus says, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. And then he walks toward the suffering because he considers God's, God's purposes and his, his faith in the Father's plan more than his feelings. So if we're going to become like Jesus in his death, right, we're going to have to choose. We're going to have to say yes to our faith over our feelings. And some of you are in that battle. I was just talking to uh, a guy on the phone. Right? And he, he, this, is the, this was the discussion. It was, hey, do I, I, I got a girl pregnant. I, I, I'm living with her now. Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and he, he's, he's calling because he wants a, a recommendation for some job. And I, I get him on the phone. I'm like, dude, okay, I, here's the problem. Right? The problem is, is that if you feel like you can make up your own rules here, what are you going to do when you get here? Right? If you're not under authority here and you're not able to make hard decisions here and like choose your faith over your feelings and your self-styled way of doing Jesus, what are you going to do here? And so we had a really, and I said, you need to go pray on that. And you need to get back to me on that because that's an issue. Well, if it was, if it was an issue for me, it's a big issue for God. You know, it's like where we have to choose faith. We have to get into the discipline of, we run into situations, it's like, oh, am I going to go with how I feel? Am I going to go with the moment? Am I going to go with convenience? Am I going to go with what my girlfriend says or what my wife says or what, what opinion says or what other people say? Or am I going to go with what God says, right? 
Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, thank God he chose his faith over his feelings, amen? Because we are all going to heaven because he did. Who's on the other side of your faith over feeling choice? We were on the other side of a man under pressure who chose his faith, all right? And now we're being redeemed, we're saved, we're transformed. How about you? Who's on the other side of you choosing your faith today over maybe how you feel in a certain situation? So the man of God who's pushing the limits, where God is pulling out maximum faith, he knows Christ. And when you know Christ, you say yes to the power of Christ. Why do you need the power of Christ? You need the power of Christ to suffer for what God declares to be significant. And that process involves choosing your faith over his feelings. That's what it's like becoming like Jesus in his death, all right? In addition to some other things, all right? Fourth, yes, a man of maximum faith. It says it's a yes to resurrection living, all right? I had, to, I had to consult Google theology. That means Pastor J.P. Jones. I was getting this message right and I said, I got a theological question for you. I said, I said, you know, when, when Paul says, I want to know the power of his resurrection, and then a little later on, Paul says, uh, uh, and participation in his sufferings becoming lack of death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, what, what, what's the difference right there? And, and the first, I want to know the power of his resurrection, dunamis, actual power, energy, force. And then Paul says, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Okay, so the first mention of resurrection, anastasis, and then the second mention is, he goes, Kenny, there's a little, there's a little, there's a little, little thing on the front of the word, it's ek anastasis, which means that I, I want to experience the, the resurrection power in my living. I actually looked up the word in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. It, it says, to rise up and rise out of, all right? So that, when he says, and so somehow attain to the resurrection, what Paul is saying is I need to, in this life right now, okay, not, not just the power, but in my life, Christ's, Christ's resurrection life, I want to live it out right now. I want to attain to that. I got to work out what God has worked in, all right? Now, what would happen if the five to 600 million men, naming the name of Jesus, where the resurrection of Jesus, they were living out what God put in them, the resurrection of Jesus, rising up and rising out. What in the world would happen? You see, God's calling you today. He's, he's calling you to live in, a, in, the, in the risen power of Jesus in your right now life. He wants, he wants the full expression of resurrection life where you're dead to sin and alive to God in every area of your life. Everybody say dead to sin. Alive to God. One more time. Dead to sin. Alive to God. Yeah, see, that's, that's, when you know Christ, okay, you have power, all right? But then that power has to be expressed. How is it expressed? You're dead to sin and you're alive to God. That's what it means to be resurrected with Christ, all right? Not just then, not just there and, there, there and in the future, but here and now, right? There and then and here and now. And that's what Paul's saying. I have to say yes to resurrection, living. Jesus rising up in me, Jesus coming out of me right now in the fullest possible expression, okay? If we look at the dialogue and we go to the next thing that Paul says, after power, suffering, faith over feelings, resurrection, living, we gotta say yes to the process, write that down. You know what I love about this passage is that there's no pole vaulting in the spiritual life, Amen. 
There's no like, like we know this in every other aspect. You could say, like, I can't be sitting on my couch all year and then say, I want to run the Boston Marathon and expect to finish, all right? Or I want to be at the top of my sales team and not smile and dial. There's just, there's, there's no skipping, all right? Although we like to skip, we like to skip to the end, but Paul says, not that I have already obtained it. What I love about it is that Paul says, I'm, I'm in this process of maximizing my faith, saying yes to power, yes to suffering, becoming like him in his death, yes to resurrection. But it's a process, and I love that he's transparent and he's not arrogant, he's humble, and he says, not that I have already obtained all that. All right, aren't you glad that we're all work in process, amen? I don't, I don't care how you came in here. I don't care if you're, if you're just, if, even if you're stuck in the mud and mire of sin or addiction or whatever, you're in God's process and God wants to use that. God wants to take you from uh, the muck and mire of sin and bring you uh, to resurrection life and set your feet on a rock, amen? So we're all in that process and, and that's, what we, that's what we're saying yes to. So every day when we wake up, every day is a faith day. And when we say yes to faith, we're saying yes to God's process. That's why we you know, kind of train you to say those things. This is the day the Lord has made. That's because new day, new process. Everybody say that. New day, new process. Right. It's, yesterday's manna is stale. Okay. Today's manna is fresh. All right. It's a new day. Faith baked fresh daily. Amen. All right. So we say yes to the process. The next thing that we say yes to is yes to my purpose. Paul says, uh, Somehow it came to the resurrection. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. Listen to this interesting phrase. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Okay? But I press on in order to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. All right? What's that? What's that? All right? Take hold of that. Well, that's, that's, that's God's purpose. Why did, why did Jesus come from heaven, leave a place of perfection, enter a realm of decay, all right, and brokenness? Um, he, he did it so that you could experience, you could take hold of God's intention and purpose for your life, okay? So that you, through him, could experience the fullness of God's purpose in your life, which involves loving God, which involves loving people, which involves letting him tell you who you are, which involves putting you into the greater works that he's called you into, which involves, but there's this whole thing called God's purpose. Why did Jesus come and why did he, why did he die on a cross and, and give you this, this opportunity to know him? Because he, he wants you to, the, he took hold of that mission so that you could take hold of God's purposes. Okay. Why are we all here? Why are we listening online? It's because we, oh, we want to align our lives with God's purpose for us. That doesn't happen unless Jesus leaves a place of perfection, enters a realm of decay, dies a horrible, torturous death on a cross, and then you, seeing what he did, trusting in his person and his work, and once you trust in his person and his work, you enter into this family of God, purpose of God, resurrection of Christ, this whole realm of what he originally designed for you to do, all right? So we say yes to power, we say yes to suffering, we say yes to faith over feelings, yes to resurrection living, yes to the process, and yes to our purposes. Paul, is, Paul wants to take hold of that, 
all right? That's what he wants to take hold of. And in fact, that's honoring the sacrifice, right? He says, I want to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So he sacrifices himself. Why? Right? So that we can take hold of God's purposes, how do we honor the sacrifice of Jesus and what he came to do? We honor the sacrifice by embracing God's purposes for our life. Right where we are, right where we're doing what we're doing, we find out what his will is and we do it. Why? Because that honors the sacrifice. We're taking hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. Lastly, what's our final yes to maximum faith? As we're looking at a man going, okay, how do I maximize this thing? God sees more. What do I do? I want to know Christ. No power. I want to participate in his sufferings. I'm going to choose faith over feelings. I'm going to say yes uh, to resurrection living, saying no to sin, being alive to God. I'm saying yes to the process. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm saying yes to God's process. I'm saying yes to his purpose. Lastly, I'm saying yes to maximum effort. Maximum effort. And this goes back to kind of my coaching story at the beginning. It's like my, my coach knows there's more there. And if she doesn't say anything, then it's just going to be like this level. I'm never going to get to this level. If she doesn't say something, I'm not, and God's, God's saying through his word this morning, he's saying stuff like this. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, that's for you. That, that sentence is for you. One thing, one thing I do, right? Past is the past. I can't change it. It's already in the books, right? Today's today, right? So there are some things that we have to leave in the rear view and stop letting control us in order to get into God's purposes today. Because if I don't let go of the baggage of the past at some point, all right, it's gonna weigh me down and I'm gonna run heavy versus run light, right? Watch the 100 meters, right? I think those guys are wearing like four ounces of clothing, okay? And a jock strap or something to keep the boys in place, all right? But they are, they are light, their shoes are light, they're wearing a little tiny tank top. They're wearing some form of nylon shorts, but it's all to be light. Why? Because they're running a race, okay? You're running a race. Are you running heavy or are you running light? Paul gives us kind of a secret for maximum effort, and it's right, it's right there with us right now. And it doesn't it's, we got to drop our attachment to the past, all right? Or maybe it's the sin of the past, or maybe it's uh, a trauma of the past that's controlling us today. We gotta let God heal us. We gotta let God forgive us. We gotta let God's purpose invade our life today and tell us today, I want you light today because you can't press on and win the race if you're running heavy, all right? You just can't, all right? And if you ever run track, like I ran the 800 meters, man, it was a two-lap sprint, and the last 110 meters is like a dreamscape of pain. And it's just like, I got, you got to be light and you got to train. And these other, these other things that we do where we say yes to power, we start making little choices to say yes to suffering, little choices of yes to our faith over our feelings, yes to resurrection and living, yes to God's process, yes to his purposes, whatever they are. 
those, all those yeses build up to this last one where Paul just says, man, all right, now I am dialed in. I, I'm not constantly looking in the rear view. I'm looking forward to today, and I am straining toward what is ahead. Everybody say, what is ahead? Okay, God knows your future, okay? And he wants you to enter your new future. Today's new. Yesterday's yesterday, today's today. And right now the world is waiting for men who are not weighed down and they're running light and they're filled with resurrection power and they're in God's processes taking territory and winning the prize in the different areas of their life in new ways. You got to get light, straining, pressing forward. So now let's go to the concluding statement. So we've looked at kind of the mind of a man who's thinking different. He's like, all right, new expressions, purpose, focus, and trust. And then we're looking at what are the yeses to maximum faith, all right, that, that, that righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith and risk and trust in God in these ways. What does he say now to conclude and wrap up kind of this thought? Let's read Philippians 3, 15 and 16 together. Ready? All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already attained. In other words, I gotta work out what God has worked in. It's all there. Let's live up to what we've already attained. Christ in us. That's why God knows there's more. It's because Christ is in you. If Christ is in you, he knows there's more because he knows that there's power. He knows that there's opportunity. He knows that there's purpose. He knows that there's processes that he's taking you through. So we have to live up not to some new thing, but what we've already attained, that Christ is in us. That's why God knows there's more. There's more of God for those who want more of God. Do you want more of God this morning, I think is what the Lord is asking. Do you want more of me? Or do you want the coasting and the collecting and the same and the convenient and the routine? Or do you, do you, wanna, you want minimum faith and maintenance faith? Or do you want this maximum adventure? Well, guess what? I have the power for you. I have the process for you. I have the purpose for you. But you know what? You gotta get light, bro. You've got to get light. You've got to shed some things in your, in your life. Why? Because you're running a race toward heaven. That's your destination, right? You're running a race toward heaven. So what are some of the things that God is just saying, hey, you know what? Uh, no maximum fear anymore. We're replacing maximum fear with maximum faith. You've got to give me some faith. You've got to trust me. You've got to go find out what I say. You've got to pray before you enter into your next decision. You've got to see what I want to do in that situation. You've got to see what territory I want you to take for my kingdom in this life. Right where you are. Not, you don't need someone else's life. You don't need to become a pastor. You don't need to become some different person. It's right where you are. I have faith opportunities where I'm saying to you today, there's more that I'm not seeing. How do I know? Because my son lives inside of you. He's in you. And because he's in you, I know that there's more of him dying to come out because that's my process through, with, with you. So what now? All right, now we're gonna go back to Hebrews. All right, we started with Hebrews eleven six, 6, right? which without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right? And then in Hebrews 11, the passage we didn't look, it's all these people who maximize their faith. Hall of faith. Man, all these characters, Moses, Abraham, Rahab, Enoch, all these men who are in the hall of faith. And what did they do? They, they had maximum faith in the moments of their lives, okay? 
So we were, we're, we were telling Paul's story. We could have told all these other stories in Hebrews 11. Now we get to Hebrews chapter 12, and look at what he says. Do you see what this means? All right, so after our little study in Philippians, looking at Paul and maximum faith, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race. We're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was what? Headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. Let's finish it together. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Wow. That's a really great translation of Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It's from the message translation. I love it because it takes into consideration this whole pulling out of you, this whole stretching in you. It's straight talk for God's man. That means we better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. Never quit. No spiritual fat on you. No parasitic sins. Focused on Jesus. And seeing how he finished the race and going, that inspires me. I'm going to finish like that. Study how he did it. What was that look like? He could put up with anything. Cross, shame, whatever, plowing through. And guess what? The reward was. He's on the podium. He won because he was faithful. He sits in the place of honor because he was faithful. He was faithful. And that's what God's calling you to. He's, he's saying, you know what? And then I'm going to just put your name in there. You know what? And then put your name in there. I see more. There's more. There's more in you. So God says, write this down, don't settle. You know that that's the worst place a man can be? Is when we're settling for the way we are now when we know there's something more. Amen? There's something more. Because you're not a static thing. You're not meant to stay the same. You're in a process of the old man dying and becoming new. Right? And in that journey, you're going to have to trust God. So Bob Hunter used to say, today is a blood day, gentlemen. You know what God's saying? Today is a faith day because of the blood. If you need to look around for motivation, you don't have to look farther than the blood. You want to get motivated for maximum faith? God's saying, I sent my son. He paid for your contract, and he paid for it with his blood. So maybe we're challenged this morning. Maybe we got to get out of our comfort zone. Maybe we need to stretch. But when you think, should I do it or not do it, remember the blood. Amen? All right, let's bow our heads. Father, we remember the blood right now. Jesus, you bleeding from your head. Jesus, you bleeding from your hands. Jesus, you bleeding from your back. Jesus, you bleeding from your feet. 
Ultimately, you bleeding from your insides out as he shoved the spear into your side to just check and see if you were dead. Blood and water comes out because your heart burst. Jesus, if you let your heart burst for us so that we could have salvation and have our sins forgiven and have a home in heaven, there's nothing that you could ask of us today that we wouldn't want to do. And so we go back to where it all starts. This week, Palm Sunday, this weekend, the triumphant king who would die a horrible death and shed precious blood so that we could have a second chance. And Lord, I know right now there's a lot of guys in the room who feel they've lost their second chance. And you're saying, you haven't lost it. You just need to rediscover your purpose in me. And Lord, today we just, especially with this Passion Week coming, Lord, help us to discover anew your passion as you rode in on the donkey toward your death, knowing that the ultimate victory was coming, but the sacrifice was now. Jesus, we thank you that because of the sacrifice that you made, you're now the coming king, and you will take over, and you will rule and reign. But Lord, help us to enter your process while we're still on this earth. Thank you that, like any good father, you see the potential in every man. Call it out today. I pray for new territory to be taken in every man's life in his walk of faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that he would take new territory today. I pray that you'd give us all a new mindset. Lord, a mindset of victory because you spoke, you said there's more, and then we are eager to meet the challenge in faith through the power of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, God's men said, amen.